guys and welcome to another episode of CNFT Dive. Today Max and I are joined by Hyder and Nighthawk, the artist and the project lead of the upcoming CNFT project, Woodlords. Hyder, could you please tell the people who haven't heard what Woodlords is all about? Yeah, so um, Woodlords is um, basically a combination of technology and um, woodworking. Um, so these are kind of the the main two things that I'm doing these days, I guess, you know, it's, you know, being involved in woodworking over the last four years uh, and being a technologist in engineering and development for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, I wanted to combine uh, both of them into one project. Um, and I was able to kind of uh, come up with the idea of, hey, you know, I'm going to uh, build these little wood pieces and kind of set them up to be able to take some images um, and then build an NFT out of it. Um, so uh, in, in a sense was kind of like trying to get into how to work with NFTs and also how to get with, how to improve my woodworking skills. Um, so that's how, what's the idea come from, from uh, for Woodlords. You know, the studio in general is called uh, Wood Castle Studio. Um, and that's what our website, woodcastle.io, um, which Woodlords is going to be a branch of um, Woodcastle. Uh, and then in the future, we'll, uh, you know, we're planning on doing dif different branches and different different levels of the Woodcastle um, kind of um, life, if you will. Perfect. So it's, uh, it's going to be a collection of a thousand NFTs, I believe? Yeah, exactly. There's going to be uh, about a thousand of them, one to one. Um, each one will be unique. There is going to be about ten uh, lords, like ten wood lords, um, which are going to be the characters of season one. Uh, and these lords will have different, um, you know, they'll have like the same similar backstory and similar ideas, um, um, and similar like kind of head setup. Uh, but we'll have different maybe accessories. Um, so yeah, so we'll end up with about a hundred for each one uh, Woodlord character. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, hundred tokens each. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the the process. Um, the idea here is that you're so I, I I bring the wood block. You know, these are kind of locally sourced um, wood pieces, um, dead trees, and I turn them into like a little spherical and then I use some tools, hand tools and, you know, some dremels kind of just make the, the outlines of the shape that I want it to be and put it together with, um, you know, 3M tape. So, you know, put in the eyes, I say, um, on top of the piece with and 3M tape, basically like a double side tape that allows me to kind of take off um, these pieces off of the, the main wood block. Um, you know, like say, put in different types of hair. Let's say I'm happy with the way that the hair, you know, the eyes, whatever is looking. I'll put it on the iPad and I change a little bit to kind of, uh, let's say, change in the way that the the, sh uh, the colors, you know. Um, obviously, you won't see uh, some of these, um, like the blue color, you won't see that in nature. So that's sort of like modified, you know, but it's the same Woodlord image. But we'll have, let's say, you know, in order to generate 100 of that, Images kind of change a little bit here and there, uh, using using digital processing. We have another guest here, of course, Nighthawk. Could you explain how you joined the project and what your role is in the team and, like, kind of the day to day of what the Woodlords team is doing? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Nighthawk, and I joined Woodlords, I believe, right after Discord was launched in October. So it was really casual at first. You know, I popped in, I was among the first hundred, and I thought to myself, wow, I love this project, and I see it has so much potential to be a rising subjective blue chip, right? And so kept coming in and essentially I was acting like a mod, um, even though I didn't have title. And at the time, um, you know, the first few weeks of Discord opening, Hyder was really the one working behind the scenes on the actual assets, as well as manning Discord and Twitter. And I kept bugging him and I kept saying, like, when we reach 500 members in Discord, I want to be a mod. And I just kept bugging him. And essentially, I just behave like I already had the role. And once we built up the community and we hit that 500, immediately he added me as a mod. And then the role really progressed. Um, and so as I familiarized myself with the space, saw trends, saw what was happening with other projects, holding my own Twitter spaces, etc., kind of morphed the role into a project advisor. And... So I help Hyder in terms of strategy. Um, I do communications. So everything that, for a lot of the posts that you see on um, Twitter and on Discord as well, um, I contribute and I really help with the community aspect or what I call the soft marketing aspect. So I think I was probably the first one in the space to build what's called a Discord guild. And that's essentially... Uh, a relationship, a friendship amongst our familiar projects. So, for example, Rubbish and um, Nifty World are in that. And it's a nice opportunity for us to get to know the space as well as kind of share each other's communities and, um, you know, socialize woodlords. I think that's one thing that's made us quite known already, even though we haven't even minted RS1 yet, is that really socialize the project and that's something that you know personally i've tried to inject in the project is that we need to make sure that people know us in the space and that we are building relationships because the space is so it's about relationships right i mean mm -hmm. art itself it has a beginning and an end um but the reason why the space is so successful and constantly growing it's because we can talk about it and we can relate to it and form relationships. But with that perspective, um, what I've essentially done is help kind of guide the project in in the space, is socialize it, get into Twitter spaces, get into the Discord guild, uh, make relationships with people like Ugly Bros and Rubbish, etc. Um, and just essentially build that community so that everyone knows about Woodlords and just to set it up for success. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. I mean, two things I can take away from what you just said is number one, fake it until you make it. For sure. <laughs> and the second one is that there are so many opportunities in the NFT space, like as a self-starter, like you as well, you just explained how you got your role into the project. And we as well, we kind of started this thing on our own. Like no one told us to do it. We just saw like a good opportunity and there's so much of these good opportunities out there for you to start something on your own and be creative. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the space has so much opportunity and 
for me, I've been fortunate in that my skill set, my professional background is highly transferable. So that being said, I quickly identified a niche where those skill set would be transferable. So for example, the executive coaching, um, the strategic roadmaps, the soft marketing, all that stuff comes from my past. Um, and I've really just applied it in a space, but I've learned the space. I've learned the foundation. Um, and I mean, I can't like emphasize enough how important just simply reaching out, initiating conversation, um, making those relationships with projects and influencers. Um, you know, one of my favorite people to interact with and share ideas is Cardano Thor. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. He does a Twitch stream, he has YouTube, etc. He does art beat on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, really, you know, early days, it was me working with people that simply curious about it and they were collectors investors in the space and i feel like if you have transferable skills it's even easier to make your niche and to monetize it if you don't you can easily learn a skill you know so moving on to uh, one of the things i'm very excited about in season one of wood woodlords is that there's gonna be an auction for a real life version of the woodlords asset or the nft how did you come up with this idea? Because for me, this is something entirely new in the CNFT space. So far, I've only been buying JPEGs and never really bought anything that's physical. And now like it's increasingly popular to release merch, but yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm, my background is like woodworking. I've been doing a, a lot of kind of of these objects and, you know, they have, you know, I have them hanging around my, my, uh, my house. So there is a, you know, there, there's a whale that you could probably find it on on my Instagram um, under the handle hider underscore design. Um, so I've been kind of uh, also when I go travel, I kind of see the different uh, woodworkers and what artists are doing. Um, and I see really a value in that object, right? Like the, the object that you have something that you're able to sort of see every day, you know, necessarily you have to turn on your computer or whatever you know, just kind of like a piece of art or like a, a statue, if you will, you can put it in front on your desk. So, or you just hang it on, on the wall or whatever, right? So, so you know, when I'm working with these objects, I kind of um, had the ideas, hey, we're, uh, there's opportunity, you know, for people to kind of own a physical object and not just rather the, uh, the image itself. And then when they own the object, the object itself will come with, uh, you know, the 3M tape and will come with, you know, different type of accessories. Um, so there'll be one specifically for the early bird uh, token. Um, so that, uh, that will be only one of it, one of one one of that object. You know, there's on, only 100 uh, early bird tokens, and then it will come with an NFT as well. It'll come with an uh, an early bird token, uh, and then with the woodlords. Um, so I'm thinking about maybe three, two to three um, uh, different you know physical uh, objects. And they'll have different accessories based on uh, whatever the Woodlord um, character. Um, and then we'll also put that in auction um, and it'll also come with an NFT. Um, so there will be a, um, there will be a sticker like an NFT, an NFC sticker uh, that when you bring your phone close to it, it will pull up the, the NFT page for you. Um, that you can you know, so if you're if you're hanging out with your friends, you can just pull your phone towards the the actual statue and like you know tag it, and then you will show your NFT. Do you see the space moving towards more physical items? Yeah, like 
Um, so I think the idea, obviously the physical items will be very rare, if you will. You know, I see more like NFTs or like kind of a card collecting, you know, or uh, like baseball card collection or even, um, you know, shoes collection, you know, these, these kind of, that's kind of ideas, right? But when you have a physical item, let's say if you get in a painting or you get in the local artist kind of, you commission something, um, you know, you want to kind of present it, uh, I guess, you know, and, and show it off, you know, to everybody that goes into your house. Um, so currently the roadmap for season two is kind of vague and uh, we have discussed roadmaps quite extensively on the podcast. And initially we said that it's nice to have a nice roadmap that it's all laid out, but now I'm starting to come around and I actually like vague roadmaps much more. Is this a strategic decision at this point? And um, are there certain avenues in the space that you would like to explore, but perhaps have not yet officially said so? Yeah, so, you know, the roadmap has remained in terms of what you see on site is what was on site and what was current plan when I joined. And we'll say that there's definitely plans in the future for say partnerships with other projects what we'd like to do now and what we're focused on is launching a successful project for s1 right in january and then we'll look at our options we don't we're very cautious and we're doing this methodical because we want to get it right the first time and we don't necessarily want to promise there's going to be x utility we're going to work with x collab and mint 10,000 like what we want to do is get it right the first time. And so I would say that, yeah, uh, the roadmap as you see it, it's it's honest in that we haven't committed to anything past S1. Obviously, there's Wood Castle and Wood Lords fits within that world. There will be additions to S1 collection characters. Um, I think it's really important, especially early on, for projects to leave themselves space because once you commit it's going to be harder and harder to kind of walk that back once we have that presence in the space which we've built we've built some trust and the further we go down the line we're going to find that people are going to hold us to our promises naturally so right i mean a project mm -hmm. should be consistent and it should be transparent so that's really what we're thinking of long term is that we want to give ourselves tons of room and make what we have on site as evergreen as possible, which essentially means it's valid now as well as two months from now until we decide to put out anything official. Everything, I mean, we get asked all the time about the pre-sale, for example, and everything that we announce is official and that we haven't committed to anything and so we're not over promising. Um, we've seen what happens to projects that want to deliver the world and they have great intentions. Their integrity is then questioned. Then they lose their place in the ecosystem as a valid project with strong presence and viability for the future. So I think that's why, you know, together we're, we're pretty aligned in terms of let's leave ourselves plenty of space. Of course, we're always thinking, you know, behind the scenes of what is going to happen next. We'd really just like to ensure that every single thing we do is accurate and top quality so that we're here to stay and it won't just be like a flavor of the month, you know? We mentioned, or you guys have mentioned these early bird tokens a lot. 
uh, these were released on October 28th, according to your Discord, and only 100 tokens were released. This is quite far away time-wise from the actual release date, January 9th. How come there is such a big um, time difference between these two drops? So when I work with additional projects outside of Woodlords, and what we're finding is that the longer a project has a runway, meaning the longer it takes from launching Discord to the actual launch of S1 and beyond, the greater chance they have of building a community, the greater chance they have of that community contributing to sellout. So what I'm finding is that when projects go immediately from you know Twitter to Discord and then one month later or less, they launch a project, they, they get into some pretty quicksand of we've literally tried to sell out a 1K, 10K collection and they don't have a community to support it. And so everyone's pretty much in there because it's a flip or they just want it to say that they have it and they're not necessarily going to follow us and be in Discord on a day-to-day -day basis, help us build that community to ensure that we're able to sell out for the next collection. That's really a, that's a, a, pain, a, a pain point for a lot of early stage projects now is that they think that they don't they underestimate the importance of the community building aspect. That's the soft marketing bit. So the longer a project has, you know, from Discord launch to runway to S1 collection drop, etc., better platform they have because they're in the interim, they're building up the community, they're establishing presence in the space, they're making connections, relationships with other projects, they're joining spaces, they're sharing AMAs on Discord, they're being interviewed. And so that's really going to build them a nice reputation so that not and nothing's a guarantee in the space, but it's going to help them um, to achieve near sellout, if not total sellout. And that's exactly what's happening here. We're allowing our presence to be known. We're establishing our reputation. We're establishing community. And what I've personally seen within Discord is that now more than ever, we have people that are coming back and essentially doing what I did in the very beginning, which was come back, answer FAQs, build community, inject our sharing is caring, kindness ethos, and they're allowing Hyder and I to work in the background, to do spaces and to be interviewed and to really socialize the project. And I mean, you know, looking at Discord now, it looks nothing like what it did when we first launched in October. Mm -hmm. So I would say that on greater footing than ever because a we've made relationships with other people with our investors who are going to mint b we've made relationships in the space so that frequently either Hyder or myself is called out as a top contributor and that's really what you want for a project right because you need to know who you are they need to trust you in order to achieve those sellouts every single time and so i would say Without even thinking about it, Hyder's done that. And so I think that it's going to prove invaluable come mint day. Um, I don't think we're going to have any problems in terms of sellout, to be frank. We saw yeah. a similar approach from uh, Happy Hoppers, right? So they had uh, you had to reach level five to get in the whitelist. And obviously just that small thing generated a lot of demand for the project. Everyone was very active in the Discord and I think obviously still are. For me, it's not necessarily just the art. There's like two aspects of the art here. We have the 
uh, you know, the kind of woodworking and the NFT art. But I'm also built in some tools um, as I'm going through this, right? Like I told you, I'm a, I have a development background. So I'm building um, this bot that allows user to verify their, um, they own, uh, you know, like the early bird asset, right, on Discord. Um, and eventually I'm going to be releasing that for free as a, um, on my GitHub account. You know, after season one, this allows, you know, newcomers to the, to the, to the community, right? Uh, you know, like we're here to stay. We don't want necessarily to rush everything and mint season one, season two, and then say goodbye, right? Um, so the idea is that I'm building tools and that I'm, I'm trying to build this um, kind of reputation within the, the technical community, if you will. Um, and we're working with a different pool. I'm working also with a different pool uh, operator on, on trying to come up with a new standard for verification of the, of the assets. Um, and that will go into uh, Project Catalyst. Um, hopefully, you know, within this uh, next push, maybe time staking, time consuming is actually writing the code, making sure testing it, you know, um, and also kind of reaching out to the community, right? Like when you go and like you mentioned Woodlords and any of the big communities, people, you know, know, know me and know Nighthawk, you know, because we built that kind of reputation. We're not just kind of type of people that draw some art, throw it in there and that's it. I, uh, the last thing we'd like to ask you is about royalties. So uh, you're one of the more vocal projects about the lack of royalties in the CNFT space. Uh, you're absolutely right. Hyder has been one of the most vocal in the space um, because it's a recent topic. It's a hot topic, right? It's something that .io hasn't quite implemented yet. Other uh, marketplaces have. Uh, first of all, because it's just one way that, you know, outside of the space, um, artists are compensated continuously for their work whether it's in music film um, writing etc why should cnfts be any different we have artists um and i think you know the ask it's not like artists now are asking for 10 plus percent They're asking for a very reasonable uh, average of 2.5 to 6 percent um i think woodlords in addition to ugly bros is going for trend of three percent obviously every project can decide what they want i think um royalty is important for the artists to kind of maintain you know the kind of the multiple seasons you know maintain the community uh being being more active in the community i think royalties are, are definitely important you know i would like to see more from cnft.io in that regard just because you know I mean, they're doing a great job with the UI. They're doing a great job with all the features, you know, that they are adding uh, to build up the community. And, you know, um, I think without them, a lot of projects wouldn't probably succeed. But um, at the same time, you know, they're, they should be thinking about, um, you know, artists, right? Because without the artists, there is no content. And I think that's that's really important to for, for customers to kind of hear. And I think, you know, you know, two to three percent of you know, like from every transaction is nothing, and it's cheaper than what I you know their actual commission is about five percent of every transaction. So, you know, you're you're kind of allowing um, that extra royalty to go to the artist, and in a sense, it's not just for for me. You know, I'm thinking about more of these royalties can go to my kid or my my grandsons, right? I mean, it's um, because kind of like the it's gift that keeps giving, right? But it also helps. Um, it helps. It helps me kind of build the future and like anticipate, um, you know, what's what's going to happen and how much uh, 
uh, money that allows me to kind of focus on this. Thank you very much, Nighthawk and Hyder, for coming on to our podcast. Uh, now, please shout out anything that you want regarding the project or anything personal. Um, yeah, so um, thank you so much for hosting us. I think you know this is this is great. You know, in a podcast, I wanted to be part of uh, um, the podcast scene in a long time, uh, and thank you for giving me that opportunity. I really appreciate um, um, CNFT Dive, and I think you know you guys are also part of the community and you building up this community uh, and hopefully we can be around and see you again you know after season one and after season 10 um and yeah Only that, 10. that's it you know go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with royalties it's gonna be a hundred at least right <laughs> there you go you'll say a hundred one thousand and one <laughs> slow and steady wins the race for sure Thank you guys so much for having us on. I do think that this podcast is so valuable. I think you guys are pioneering in the space, especially chatting about this and kind of taking it mainstream. It's so important. And yeah, special shout out to our Woodlords fam, as well as Leje Armad, Dr. Octafunk Armad, as well as um, some of my favorite projects, Ugly Bros. So much love for them. Ambies, Voodoo Brigada, etc. We love you guys and yeah, we're here to stay. Until next time. So that was it for today, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in to CNFT Dive. As always, please let us know what you thought of the episode in the Twitter thread or if there's anything else you would like us to discuss in future episodes. We're interested in doing more interviews, so if you want to join our podcast, send us a DM on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is CNFT underscore dive. Please rate and share or do whatever you want to our podcast. See you next time.